This podcast episode from Oncology Data Advisor was recorded live at the 2023 American Society of Hematology annual meeting in San Diego. Thanks for listening. Be sure to visit oncdata.com, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and follow us on social media for more exclusive content and interviews from the meeting. Welcome to Oncology Data Advisor. Today we're here at the ASH annual meeting and I'm joined by Dr. Greg Knight. Thanks so much for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me. Uh, so today we're talking about your presentation on enhanced support services, including nurse navigation to mitigate socioeconomic disparities in the treatment of patients with acute lymphoblastic leukemia. Um, so I'm excited to hear about this presentation. Um, to start off, would you like to uh, first introduce yourself and you know share a little bit about what your research focuses on? Sure, uh, I'm Greg Knight. I am at the HM Health Levine Cancer Center in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, clinically, I'm a leukemia physician and bone marrow transplant. And um, from a research perspective, I'm most interested in looking at disparities in care, um, especially focusing on things like financial toxicity and the financial implications of care, but also looking at socioeconomic disadvantage and things like the area deprivation index where we're trying to be able to look at neighborhood level factors and being able to really tailor strategies to help those patients. So for some background about uh, your presentation here, um, what are some of the barriers that impact delivery and care and lead to outcomes disparities in ALL? So ALL is an interesting disease in that we think of it in almost a biphenotypic way where there's, it's two different diseases. There's our young, you know, our children and adolescent young adults, um, and then our older adults. And then you see a little bit in the middle, but it's, it's kind of, we see mainly in those two. Having said that, both have huge issues with getting care, um, especially in the fact that ALL is not a disease that you can treat um, out of the hospital. So this requires intensive chemotherapy a lot of the time. It requires long hospitalizations. Most of the time you're not able to work, um, which is a huge issue on our adolescent and young adult folks. Um, and severe toxicity with the treatments. Obviously you are much more immunocompromised, just not from your cancer, but also from the um, the treatments we're giving you. So, you know, it, it, is, it is a real challenge and it basically has to become your life. And unfortunately, there are some folks that can, that can become and they can do this, but the problem is there are a lot of folks that when they have to get these types of treatments, it completely disrupts everything. And then the question is, can we deliver the therapy that we need to to get them cured? Great, thank you. That's a great overview of, um, you know, all, all of these barriers. Um, so for this study, what was your goal uh, for it and how did you go about designing it? So this is a study that was designed to look at where we are. So um, in terms of our institution at the Lean Cancer in Charlotte, we, we have a lot of ancillary services and we designed a lot of things to try to combat a lot of these issues, but we weren't sure. Were they working? You know, um, what do we need to focus on next? So what we did was a retrospective look at our, all of the patients treated our institution um, from 2016 onward um, to see how they did. And, what we, and then we wanted to actually identify, are there certain areas or other potential barriers that we need to be thinking about that we aren't? And, and specifically what we're looking at is socioeconomic disadvantage or the area deprivation index. So for, um, if you're not aware of what that is, it's basically a way we can look at neighborhood level data and then be able to say, here are the, all the different things in your neighborhood that could, um, social determinants of health that can affect your care. Um, and we wanted to see if we were seeing differences amongst um, the different neighborhoods and the different kind of um, socioeconomic areas of our catch area. Um, now, having said that, you know, we've presented data on this in lymphoma. Um, we've looked a little bit in a couple other disease states, but we've never looked at something like ALL, which is so intensive in terms of treatment. 
Great. Um, so what results did the study show? It was great in that what we found was that we, we did not see significant disparities in care um, amongst our population, um, which is actually similar to the results that we um, presented at ASH in a couple years ago and then uh, published for lymphoma, um, and looking at racial and ethnic disparities. This was more looking at socioeconomic, so we're, we're at geography. Um, having said that, we were very happy to see that we were not seeing significant disparities but what we know is that there are disparities. Um, that's, that's the bigger issue. So in fact, we're, uh, we have another paper that we're presenting here um, this weekend looking at, from a national standpoint, using SEER data and looking like, you know, again, here in California, looking um, in the South, looking in all these different areas. Um, and we know there's huge disparities in care in ALL. So the fact that we didn't find them in, at our institution makes us have to go, okay, why did that happen? And what, what are we doing that maybe we can pilot in other places? Do you have theories as to why um, you didn't see them in the study? So one of the things that we discussed was our nurse navigation. So we have a very strong nurse navigation program that um, because we are a relatively new center in the grand scheme of things, uh, we were able to kind of design it in the way that we wanted. And one of the things that was designed was very strong nurse navigation, not just at the primary center. So um, it also includes like our ancillary rural locations. They have a nurse navigator, which is not necessarily the standard of care for a lot of community practices. Um, and, and what we saw in this study was that no, patients coming from higher disadvantage or having um, factors that would lead you to be concerned about them actually had higher levels of navigation than those that didn't, which is how the system should work, right? Like our nurse navigators should be going after the, and helping the folks that need the most help. Um, the second thing that we think and uh, probably contributed is um, we do have a very strong what's called financial toxicity system. So financial toxicity is the idea that we need to think about toxicity in treatment not just of like knowledge of vomiting, but also the financial piece. Um, and we've been very interested in that and, and done a lot in terms of intervention. And one of the things we did was we did create the first ever Financial Toxicity Tumor Board, which is a comprehensive tumor board involving not only um, clinicians and nurses and navigators, but you also have social workers, you have administrative people, you have financial counselors, you have the insurance authorizers, you have all these people in one room. Um, and that has been a program that has really seemed to have a huge impact. Um, and I think that those kind of systems, developing those systems and really trying to focus on this probably shows us that we're, we're having a great um, impact on, on our patients. Absolutely, that's a huge testament to the power of nurse navigation and also it's you know, fascinating about the financial toxicity tumor board. I'm sure that you know, it plays a huge role. So do you have any uh, suggestions for, for how more centers can implement both nurse navigation and um, you know, financial toxicity programs to help mitigate these risk factors? I think that a lot of times it's these programs are very effective and they are and what we've shown in some of our like for the financial toxicity tumor board we've actually shown that it's cost effective for the institution and that actually is probably the biggest barrier for most institutions is that if it's not a drug trial and it's not they can't show a significant amount of financial improvement with this like just like in their minds then it's hard for them to put the money out there. Um, what I think is, again, piloting these types of programs, um, I've had a lot of folks reach out from around the country asking about some of the things we do, um, not just in ALL, but in other, in other cancer types in terms of looking at kind of financial issues, doing kind of stronger navigation and financial focused, because one of the things we've always tried to do when we design these studies is to say, look, I understand administrators most of the times don't put a, think about these things or, or sometimes care about these things, but if we can show them the benefit of these things, these, these programs and really pilot them in a way that shows that they're helping patients, they're improving people's lives, but, and then at the same time, 
They're saving, we're not seeing readmissions. We're actually, you know, patients are getting their medications and able to um, not have to come in with complications. I think that those are the types of ways that we've been designing it to, to prove it also at an administrative level so these things can actually happen. Mm -hmm. That's amazing that your center is really kind of paving the way in that area, and it's also incredible that you've seen such, you know, great results already. Um, so finally, do you have any next steps or additional research planned in this area? We do. I think that um, one of the biggest things for us is we don't want to, A, rest on our laurels, right? Like that we, we feel great that we didn't see disparities, but we know that there are disparities, in, you know, in, especially nationally. Um, and the second piece is we can only look at the people that were touched by our center, right? So um, there is a part where we know a lot of the disparities happen before they come to us, um, say an elderly patient that's never referred. Um, or, or someone from a, uh, that doesn't have the ability to travel to a big center. So the biggest thing for us, and one of the things that we're focusing on in some of the projects we have now, are looking at impacting these issues at a community level and then also trying to really start to work with community sites and rural sites and, and areas of very greater disadvantage in terms of being able to increase that access piece. Because if we're doing well, that's great, but we, that, like I said, it's the only the people that we're touching is, and we need to make sure that we're being able to spread this more. And then the last piece is publishing the stuff. Mm -hmm. So we don't, you know, I think that a lot of times with the work that we do here, we don't publish it. Nurse Navigation is almost never published, right? Everybody has nurse navigators, but no one publishes. Right. And it's to publish these things so that you can prove how well they're doing, and that helps, and that helps as we kind of build it nationally. Amazing. It's a way to quantify it and show that, show that it works. <laughs> Great. Well, this is amazing to hear about. Thank you so much for stopping by today. Um, I look forward to you know hearing more about about this work in the future as well. All right. Thanks so much. All right.